What's up guys, Rick here with another Strategy Saturday video. This is an ongoing series that tackles larger topics in the game of golf around fantasy and sports betting in an attempt to use things every single week instead of just preview videos and bets videos for that specific week that expire just a couple of days later. These are trends and ideas and topics that we can talk about and use over time. So for this week, it's the best and worst stats for the game of golf. A couple of weeks ago, I did a video called Strokes Gained Explained. And if you watch that, uh, you'll know that I'm a big fan of strokes gained. I think it is the best stat that we have available at the moment. However, there are literally hundreds of other stats available from the PGA Tour, some very good, and some are even worse than you could have ever have expected. Now's the time to jump into those. Let's go. At last count, the PGA Tour offered something like 508 official PGA Tour stats. These are the stats you're able to find on PGATour.com. They range everywhere from FedEx Cup standings to all-time records to most consecutive birdies made. I mean, there's, there's literally everything in here, uh, some much better than others. Uh, but what most people don't even realize, first and foremost, if you don't know what a stat means, or even if you think you know, what a stat means, you should go and click it and see what it actually means. So if you click on any stat, you go and see uh, you know, the, the rankings by each one of these players, and you scroll all the way down to the bottom, there is actually an explanation for every single stat. So here I am in scoring average. Scoring average would seem easy, right? Well, first of all, this is PGA Tour only. Did you know that? Did you consider that? It's also a weighted scoring average, which takes the stroke average of the field into account. It is computed by adding a player's total strokes to an adjustment and dividing it by total rounds played. The adjustment is computed by determining the stroke average of the field for each round played. And this average is subtracted from par to create an adjustment for each round. A player accumulates these adjustments for each round played. A little bit more complicated than you probably thought for something as simple as scoring average, which is why it's handy to know that these definitions are there for you. So what are the good ones? You know, it, no doubt I would say uh, strokes gained are the best. It has its flaws, of course. I covered that in the strokes gained explained video. The biggest flaw is that it's not available for every single round that we play on the PGA Tour. That Those are the flaws. Um, the, the strokes gained categories are awesome. You know, some of us outside of the PGA Tour official stats have expanded on them. For example, strokes gained ball striking is in our industry, the fantasy, the betting community. It is uh, strokes gained off the tee plus strokes gains approach. That's strokes gained ball striking. That is not an official statistic, but it's one that can be calculated with official statistics. There is also a strokes gained short game, which would be around the green plus putting. Again, not an official stat on the PGA Tour, but one that can be easily computed from the official stats that are available on the PGA Tour. How about driving distance? This is one of the big ones uh, that I hear all the time. Hey, this is a bomber's course. Let's look for golfers that uh, drive the ball well, drive it far. I want guys with a good driving distance. Well, uh, not so fast. Which, which driving distance do you mean? Because most people will just opt for straight up driving distance. This is like the default one. And if you have never realized it, this is not every single drive a golfer hits. In fact, the, the, the absolutely standard driving distance stat on the PGA Tour is, and I quote, the average number of yards per measured drive. That makes sense. These drives are measured 
on two holes per round. When I tell people that the first time, they are stunt care is taken to select two holes which face in opposite directions to counteract the effects of wind and drives are measured to the point at which they came to rest regardless of whether they are in the fairway or not that is the standard default driving distance stat there has been an expanded stat over the last couple of years called driving distance all drives that's right here this one of course as you can imagine is not just those two holes in facing opposite directions. It is the average number of yards per drive for all drives where the distance was measured by a laser. That caveat there, measured by a laser, means shot link data. That means that for the courses uh, where there is no shot link data, this, this number is not going to change. So again, even while this is getting better, there are still flaws in this. And what are the differences? Let's see if there are differences. Bryson DeChambeau, 311 yards uh, per drive. He's number one. Ryan Brem, number two. Roy McElroy, number three. And if you go to driving distance for just the two holes, Bryce is still number one. Wyndham Clark is number two. Rory is number three. Ryan Brem is number 13. So imagine you are building a model and you are weighing the ranks of stats like many people do. This is very common practice. And one stat that you think you're using has a guy ranked second, and the stat that you might actually be using has him ranked 13th or vice versa. These, this is what you need to know when you're getting yourself into this. I know a lot of people are getting into, uh, in, into the modeling, as you should be getting into all this stuff, but there are nuances that I'm hoping to share with you here uh, that are valuable because you might be making mistakes or you might just not know what is actually going into your model. Sticking with some of these driving stats, there's a couple of ones in here. You know, Of course, I don't think driving accuracy is all that fun. That's just the, the percentage of time you hit the fairway. Uh, there is distance from edge of fairway and distance from center of fairway. Those are getting more interesting now, right? Whether you're piping it down the middle or whether you are hitting it closer to the first cut is a difference in hitting a fairway or not. Or you could still hit a fairway and be one inch from the center or you could be 30 yards from the center, depending on what the course is. But again, we don't know the player's intent there, so that's a little bit difficult. Um, I actually don't mind this stat right here, good drive percentage. Good drive percentage, you know, there are flaws with accuracy and there are flaws with greens and regulation, but this one isn't the worst thing I've ever seen. It's the percentage of time the players hit a good drive. It is a par four or a uh, and par fives, where it's the number of fairways hit plus the number of greens or fringes in regulation when the drive was not in the fairway on the tee shot. So essentially it says, did you hit the fairway? And if you didn't, did you leave yourself in a good enough position to hit the green or hit the fringe? I, I actually like the thought process behind that. And this is actually a stat that comes into play a lot on very narrow uh, fairway courses like Harbortown, RBC Heritage, where essentially not only do you have to be in the fairway, you have to be on the correct side of the fairway because there's a lot of tree-lined fairways and you can get an overhanging tree even if you're playing out of the fairway. If you're on the right side playing to a right pin, that could be difficult. So I actually like good drive percentage because it starts to get into the mind of the player a little bit about if they were able to put themselves in a good position off the tee, even if they miss the fairway. Of course, there are flaws with this, but I like the idea of it. I think this is a well thought out stat. Sticking here with the driving numbers, we're down in the radar section. Um, carry distance is kind of interesting. 
right? And uh, or even carry efficiency would be fine. So what what happens a couple times a year is we get wet conditions, and someone's always and there's there's all these tweets that say, well, bombers are really uh, going to benefit this week from these wet conditions because there's not going to be much roll. Well, that's not really the case. Yes, guys that hit it far, of course, are going to have an advantage, but not guys that uh, maybe hit the ball 300 yards, carry it 300, and roll it out to 310. Maybe guys that carry it 310 uh, and get one yard of rollout will be better. So I like to use carry distance or the carry efficiency stat uh, to kind of hone in on who the actual bombers are. Because if we're saying this is a wet course, we're saying there's no roll. So I don't want guys that are inefficient in that carry department. All right, let's head over to approach and uh, the one that really gets me, the proximity numbers from different buckets. These really get me. And almost every single week there is a stat or a a chart that says, uh, you know what's important this week? Approaches from 200 to 225 yards because the, 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 the largest percentage of, of uh, approaches come from that range or whatever that range is, which is... Interesting, right? Because it doesn't designate any player, right? So if you say, okay, the the largest percentage of drives come from 150 to 175, that's fine. But what if you're Dustin Johnson? Dustin Johnson doesn't hit it from where the average drives come from. Bryson DeChambeau doesn't, but I might be building my model around the fact that that is where most of the drives are coming from. Now, it's a little bit different on courses like Pebble Beach or maybe RBC Heritage at Harbortown where, you know, there's kind of natural landing spots, but that's only a couple times a year. And I see this chart. I hear this narrative uh, every single week. And my my big beef comes as we get further and further away from the hole. If I have to hear proximity from 200 to 225 yards again, uh, my, my brain is going to explode because here's why. Let's go back to 2020. So I had a, a larger sample size. Justin Rose led this stat category last year. He had 44 attempts from 200 yards to 225 yards. That's nothing. These guys are taking thousands of strokes a season. A small percentage of them come from each bucket, and that is what we are relying on for our stats. Even worse, why 200 to 225? What if he's 227 yards away? And what if now he's one of the worst players from that range? Should I not consider Justin Rose? What if it's what if he's 227 yards away, but it's playing downhill and it's playing like it's 218? Now it's back into the bucket. We have no idea what number the player is trying to hit. We don't know the conditions. We don't know uh, the elevation. We don't know anything like that, and it's a small sample size. This, to me, is one of my biggest pet peeves in the entire world when I see I'm going to wait guys who have approaches from 175 to 200. Well, if they're 201, they must maybe – what if they're terrible from 201? There's just – There's just arbitrary lines being drawn on round numbers for people to look at stats. The only thing that might drive me crazier than proximity is scoring from uh, holes that are certain lengths. Uh, This one drives me crazy. So this is when someone says, well, this course has eight par fours that are between 400 and 450 yards. So I need to target those players. Why? Um, do they do? Does it change from different buckets? Is there? I'll give you an example. So here's par four efficiency from 350 to 400 yards. Um, Matt Kuchar is number one. Justin Suh is number two. If we go to just the next bucket, 
I mean, Justin Suh is 32nd instead of second. Uh, what if the hole is 401 yards instead of 350 to 400? What if the hole that was that played 380 on Thursday is 405 on Friday and 420 on Saturday? This is this is the silliest. I mean, we go to we go to uh, par four efficiency from 400 to 450 yards. Zach Johnson is fifth on tour this season. Go to the bucket that is a one bucket closer. He's a hundred and first. There there is just very little rhyme or reason to this, and this is the probably the thing that is weighed the most. Um, it is not like guys play certain buckets well and don't know how to play other buckets well that are literally a couple of yards different, especially on the ends. And again, these are arbitrary numbers. Why 350 to 400? Because those are round numbers that our brains can look at. Uh, this to me is, and th- and there's the, the reason that that this stuff drives me crazy and, and is why it doesn't pop up on RickRunGood.com a lot is because I don't, I, I just, I I think you are being silly if you're using it. And I've never heard, heard a good argument uh, that makes logical statistical sense for using these. There are a lot of really great scoring stats, though. Um, you know, the the scoring by round, the early, the late, the the first tee, all that stuff gets gets split up way too much. But there definitely is a thing to um, going out early, going out late. Uh, some guys are morning guys, some guys are afternoon guys. I, we hear that from players; it's reflected in the stats. I'm I'm generally okay with those. Um, you know, bo- bogey avoidance that is a very um, standard stat, right? Like, there's really nothing shocking in it there's nothing surprising in it it's just like how many how what what percentage of the time does the guy make bogey like that's it uh this is a very highly correlated stat to success as you can imagine make the more bogeys you make the less correlated to success you are Uh, and and uh i i really like this stat especially on more difficult golf courses you know you know, just look at just look at 2020's bogey avoidance here. The top 10 players, Webb Simpson, John Rahm, Harris English, Xander Shoffley, Russell Henley, Bryce Garnett, Bryson DeChambeau, Justin Thomas, Cameron Tringali, Daniel Berger. I mean, of those 10, six of them probably finished inside the top 10 of, of strokes gain total. So, so there is, is such a strongly correlated stat that it is very easy to use, very easy to plug into your models. I like this one. The streak stats are generally silly. I don't care about consecutive fairways hit or consecutive greens and regulation or consecutive sand saves. Um, I do care about consecutive cuts. This is a pretty interesting one, especially for lower end players that are in, you know, the $6,000, $7,000 range that you're just trying to find a weekend. I I think finding the weekend and making the cut is a skill. Um, You know, you have to start well the first two rounds you don't get a do-over on the weekend you got to find a way without your best stuff sometimes to grind through and there are certainly players who do it better than others so to me making a cut is a skill and I like to look at consecutive cuts especially for those lower ranked guys outside of that I've heard arguments for you know most rounds in the 60s because um, you know you could go for bogey free rounds or other bonuses like that it's it's fine. I'm not nearly as excited about it in terms of other streaks. And then finally for putting, you know, I won't bemoan uh, the buckets thing again, but as you can imagine, putting from certain buckets from 5 to 10 and 10 to 15 feet is useless. Uh, there There's little difference. Just go with strokes gain putting. It is a much better stat. Uh, three putt avoidance is a pretty good one on large 
greens. On large greens, three-putt avoidance does correlate to some success because and that that not only passes the model test but it passes the sniff test. If you're if you're much further away on a on a large green and you're pulling out a putter, you're more likely to three putt and being able to avoid that situation is valuable. So that is a good stat as well. So as I mentioned, we could go through all 508 of these, which I don't think are necessary, but I'm hoping that you think about stats a little bit more. You think about what's going into your model. You think whether it's a good or a bad stat or an indifferent stat or sometimes good or sometimes bad because all of those are within the range of outcomes for each and every one of these stats on the PGA Tour. Go read them. Go see, go find your favorite one, mine, bonus putting. It's weird. I don't really always understand it, but uh, it's fun. Go go look through all of the stats. I hope this helps uh, with any of your model creation or just the better understanding of the types of players and the types of things that are going on out there to be predictive instead of reactive and to make sense and to be logical in all of this. So let me know what you think. Tweet me, at Rick Run Good. Leave a comment below. Best of luck, and I'll talk to you guys soon.